This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Actually dubbed that sample gate. I was on that show with Chris Canty where he destroyed his partner, Chris Carlin, for going back for more than one sample. And we're going to talk about it now. Jordan Ronan, Michelle Smallman on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And we're joined now by Chris Carlin, who is normally the host here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And and Chris, did you and your partner, Chris Canty, ever come to an agreement on what the correct amount of samples is? Because I had your back. I said more than one one is is okay i would definitely be cool with two he said one and done if you go back for more than one it's a flag on the play yeah listen no no we never did see eye to eye and it's because (laughs) canty thinks he's better than me that's what it is that's what it is and listen i understand that there is a i guess you could say an unwritten social contract to this kind of thing but i also am understanding that I, if I buy that, and I am buying plenty of other things, but if I buy that, generally that's not going to be good for me for the long term. Because they're going to be gone in a day and a half, and it's not good for me to buy that many. You know, because you're getting a pack, and you're getting at least 50 in the pack. It's Costco. So I spent plenty of other money where my conscience is is absolutely clean. What Jordan if Michelle you and I number, agreed you two is the the max though, Chris. Two is the that, max? You got you got greedy going for the third. It yeah. wasn't terribly busy. It doesn't matter. <laughs> at three at three you're just getting you get the side eye and like what are you doing? Like if you're gonna go for the third, you might as well just buy the product. There there was some time in between listen You've already showed a lack of self control by going for a third. Well duh. I mean <laughs> But we also know, uh, and Michelle, I assume that you would feel the same way. I, I am not one of these people that goes to Costco for lunch because there are people that do that, just the samples, and they are going, and that is their lunch on the day. That's See, that's wrong. So full transparency, I've never been to Costco. Okay. I know. I know. It's so Wait, what about like shameful. BJ's, Sam's Club? None never of been. Never been. Really? My family never bought well, but, you, but you're not married and you don't have kids, right? Yeah. Correct. So, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not shaming it, but I'm just saying maybe if I was going to Costco, and I, I've heard about the snacks. I hear the samples are legendary. Maybe if I was a frequent Costco visitor, my, my sample intake would be higher. Maybe I'd be more of a volume shooter. I just feel like I can't really give a, a specific take on the Costco samples until I've been there, Chris. So I kind of have your back. What See, about- Chris, you don't have kids either, right? I don't. So, and so we, we only go there for, for, for very specific things. The, the stuff that they have at like the, the side, like restaurant, I say that like in air quotes, like, yeah. It's like a dollar for like a churro, a piece of pizza. The, hot like the dog, prices, the prices hot dog are extremely, extremely low. Yeah. Because they want to lure you in because they know you're going to buy the whole store out. Like I go, my my daughter wants to go there and get a churro. It's like a dollar. So I'm like, of course, just get a churro. What do I care? Mm-hmm. Well, and, that's and, then, and then I'm spending $300 in the rest of the store, whatever, $400 <laughs> in the rest. So they're willing to give you the churro, the hamburger, the hot dog for nothing in exchange for buying the store out. Wait, I get this entire GoPro package for just $300? <laughs> exactly. Of course I'm going to get it. <laughs> But I got a dollar churro, yes. That's right. That's right. You got to hang your hat on that. Chris Carlin joining us here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And Chris, we've been doing our NFL two-a-days. We kicked it off today with the Chicago Bears. Let's pose the question to you that we answered earlier in the show. What does success look like for the Bears this season? I think it looks like uh, a, a team that resembles 
a, a, a team contending for the playoffs. In other words, the Bears winning seven, eight, nine games, I think, is a successful uh, type season. And I really believe this, not this year, but in 2024, we're going to be talking about Justin Fields in an MVP conversation. Uh, I'm very high on him. Mm. And I, I think mm. they've they've done an awful lot to help him. And there's there's more that needs to be done. The Bears' defensive line needs a lot of work, and that's going to be their downfall this season. But Fields, to me, has all of the ability. And I think if people are going to knock him for not being able to throw the ball accurately, they're not watching. They're not watching enough. Go go look at what Justin Fields has done in the red zone, what he did in the red zone last year, and what he did on third downs last year. Pretty good numbers. Not better than his overall numbers. And to me, any coach I have ever talked to about evaluating quarterbacks, when it comes to statistics, those are the, the first two stats that they look for. I'm not even going to harp on that for a second. I'm going to go over to... Well, first of all, you left a grown man crying because when you dipped out on golf, there was my friend was was uh, full disclosure. Chris was supposed to play golf with us on Friday. Yeah. So the guy we were playing with, he said yes. The guy we were playing with, huge Rutgers fan. When I told him oh. you were playing, he's like, "That Chris Carlin." He was so excited. Yeah. You dipped out. Oh. You left a grown man demoralized. I, I dipped out on his knees. I, when when I when I dipped out, I dipped out for a very good reason. It was not just. It was twenty four uh, hours in like, advance. I'll give you that. Uh, yes, yes, because we had we had some family things to take care of at the end of the week that we were working on. So that that was part of it, and I am sorry that that happened. And I will make it up to him, and I will show it because we all know spending four and a half hours with me on the golf course. I mean, it's a dream. For anyone, <laughs> for anyone, and I, I'm sorry to have crushed. You would have brought down the average score, but what I, what I really was saying with you, the explaining you got to do here is, I heard you say earlier you think the Giants, should, the Bills should basically trade for Saquon Barkley. Mm. Explain yourself. So here's my thought process on this. Okay, mm-hmm. the Giants only want to pay him at a certain level. It's not a level that Barkley's Clearly. good with. Clearly. Fair, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. It's not a level that Barkley is um, comfortable with. And the only way, I think, that he's going to play for the Giants this season is if he signs the franchise tag with the agreement that he will not get tagged next season. 100%. So if that's, the, if that's the case, why would you – and I'm not telling him to throw the season away – but why would you just let him walk at the end of the year for nothing? Whereas if you're Saquon and you sign the tag, and let's say the Bills are giving up a second-round-plus package, that's basically from the Bills saying, we're going to assign you to a long-term deal because uh, you're not going to give up that much uh, in, in draft capital to get a player like that. Plus, let's call it what it is, Jordan. The Bills' window is open but not for much longer and Saquon Barkley I believe wins the Bills the AFC East and right now it is entirely entirely too up for grabs for them from a Bills perspective I get it but from a Giants perspective now they're basically throwing away this season 
Well, but Jordan, where, what are and the for Giants? What, for what? Are the, are the Giants what? a playoff team this How year? How much can they really get for him? Can, can, you can get a third-round pick when he walks in free agency two years down the line. Like, how much better are they really going to get? Can you get a, a two and pick? a three? I think you probably could. Could you even, you if the so? Bills are desperate, could you get a late one? And let me just say this. If Joe Shane doesn't want to really invest in Saquon Barkley, what makes you think Brandon Bean wants to invest in Saquon Barkley long term? Well, Brandon no Bean's chance. got a problem. Brandon Bean's got a problem with running the football and his quarterback that he wants to stop running the football. And he wants to stop him from taking all the hits. And they just lost Naheem Hines. I, it, Barkley is clearly better than what they have to work with with James Cook and and uh, with Damian Harris. I I get it. All I'm saying is the Bills have to win now. The Bills have to win now, and the Giants, the, you know what it feels like to me? With Brian Dable as the coach, I, I think they're in good hands. But I'll also say that there have been plenty of other coaches that have come in that have maximized what the team had, but then we recognize, not just the Giants, the Jets, other teams, where that team was going to have to take a step back, and that's what it feels like to me with the Giants this season. They're going I think to they realize that because that's why they didn't sign Saquon. Exactly. Like they, were, they didn't just say, we have to sign Saquon at all costs. Because exactly. They so realize what they point. really are. If you're not going to pay him, why wouldn't you go and get something for him that will help you over the next couple of years? That's my point. I, I don't think that Saquon right now makes the Giants, if they traded him away, do the Giants go from a 10-win team to a 4-win team? No. No, nobody's worth six games, especially a non-quarterback. No, do, do we think the Giants are a playoff team? Eh, I think they're the third best team in the division. So that, to me, means they're not a playoff team. Okay. That's great, where I'm at with it. Great points, great conversation, great debate with Chris Carlin. He's the host of Canteen Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Be sure to follow him on social media at Chris Carlin. And, Chris, give us your all your social handles so people aren't missing content like Samplegate. <laughs> It's at Chris Garland on, well, is it X now or is it Twitter? What is it? <laughs> Who knows, Chris? Yeah, knows? it's at Chris Carlin on X and then uh, that guy Carlin everywhere else. At that guy Carlin everywhere yeah. else. Thanks yeah. so much for the time, Chris. TikTok we appreciate star. it. TikTok star, <laughs> yeah. Chris Carlin. I'm following in your footsteps. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Well, let's continue that conversation, Jordan. You obviously covered the Giants. You've been all over the Saquon Barkley story. You've been all over the news. He scrubbed his social media of every ounce of the Giants. How significant is that, if anything at all? That's such a new age tactic, you know. Like, yeah, you're. You know what I think it does show you. First of all, let me just say this: the Giants aren't going to trade Saquon Barkley. They think he's going to play, and then and that's the end of it. He would have to really go scorched earth in order for them to get to the point to trade him. I believe. As far as scrubbing his social media, that's just like what people do nowadays, isn't it? Is it? It's. I think it just shows you how ticked off he is at the team right now. Like he. It's he's legitimately mad about how this whole contract situation situation played out and how they didn't value him to the degree that he obviously values himself. Now, I don't think that that's silly that they're wrong, but when you're mad and you're 20 something, this is what you do. You take them off your social media, whether it's your partner, whether it's your uh, your your team, whether it's your college, whatever it is. (laughs) Whoever it is, your best friend, you unfollow them, right? You're, you're mad at somebody, you unfollow them. And they, they see it and they know right away, I'm mad at you. 
Yeah, totally. I think it's just posturing. He's trying to turn the heat up, and this is a way for him to do it. But I don't think the Giants are furiously calling themselves, being like, did you see he deleted us from social media? Oh, boy. We you know they see it, though. Wants. You know that oh, the team sees of it, though. They I, see I think it. they chuckle at it. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to force their hand in any way. But you said it would take Saquon going scorched earth in order for the Giants to conceptualize moving him. What does that look like? What what would this have to get to in order for what Chris Carlin just discussed to become a reality? Well, what Chris said is right. Saquon Barkley's goal right now, number one, is how do I get to free agency next year? Right, Because the worst case scenario for him is he plays this year and then the Giants... He plays well, and the Giants franchise him again. Mm -hmm. Then he never gets to see his value. He's even more upset. He's furious. He's stuck, and he has nowhere to go. So I think in the end, one of the goals is, okay, in order for me to show up this year, I have to at least make sure they could reach agreement that next year they won't franchise tag him again. So I think that is his number one goal right now because he can't sign a long-term deal. He doesn't really want to leave. He has a life in New Jersey. He lives in New Jersey. He likes playing in the New York market. He likes the attention that comes with playing in the New York market. He he, he has hands on a lot of different businesses, and uh, he has a lot of different interests outside of just straight football. He doesn't really want to go anywhere. So what do you do at that point? You just make sure if I – the only way he thinks he could see his value, and I'm not sure it even, even gets there, is if he hits free agency. So how do I get there? Does that mean I miss all the training camp? I miss game time? I miss games? But paying games is costly. That's yes. almost six hundred k a pop. That's I don't. A lot. Nobody likes to give up six hundred k a pop. Nobody's given. He's not giving up ten million dollars that he'll likely never make back for a season. No way. So make them miserable. Uh, negotiate how he can. You know how he how and when he comes back. Make sure he gets that franchise tag off the books for next year. Come in, miss the opener. That's miss, miss the second week of the season. Those are the cards where it really could get ugly. And do you think that that's where we're trending? Because I know that the social mm. media stuff, we kind of laugh about it because yeah. it is very 2023 and it it isn't necessarily something that really turns up the meter. It doesn't register on the Richter scale as far as I'm concerned. But as you mentioned, it does give us a glimpse into exactly how upset he is. You know, he goes on the Money Matters yeah. podcast. He's talking about this publicly. He's scrubbing his social media. We know he's not pleased and he feels like this is at the point of no return. But how long do you anticipate this lasts? The, the problem is, and I expect it lasts close to the regular season, the thing is, everything Saquon's about, team first guy, mm-hmm. very protective of his image. He didn't like, remember, like, what did he say when he had that camp? He didn't like how he was being portrayed as greedy. Like, if he doesn't, if he's worried about being portrayed as greedy back then when they're in negotiations, what's it going to get like when he's about to miss a game? People are, are going to be coming at him hard. So have a hard time when... Push comes to shove, seeing him pull the trigger on that, knowing him as a person. But he's going to threaten it. We're going to get down to the last minute. He's going to use every last bit of leverage that he has, and that's the only leverage that he does have. But six hundred k a game, ten million a year—that says it speaks volumes. I'm not turning that down. It is. I don't think anybody's no. really turning that down. No, I don't think anybody is. You don't either. get it back. You don't get it back. Especially with, as you mentioned, the way that the market is. But it is interesting that we have all these star running backs jumping on this conference call and they're discussing what's happening with their position and how the market is evolving. And 
I just don't see a clear path forward for the running back position. It's so interesting to me that you bring up the point that if he goes out there and produces this year, it doesn't help his value, which is crazy. It is so crazy to me that this is the only position really in, in football or in sports that I can think of that if you go out there and you maximize your potential and you rack up the yards and the touches, that it devalues you somehow. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's all backwards, right? It's so somehow yes. like how how is that possible? But that's the way it is. Mileage is almost more important than production. Like that that's when it comes to running backs. That's the way they're viewed. I told you, the only way for the running backs to get out of this win, win, win. That's the solution. Prove that your position is that valuable because you know. Yes, I get it. It's a team game, but when. Year after year after year after year, it's being proven that you don't need to pay a running back a lot of money in order to win win a Super Bowl, to make Super Bowls. Then teams are going to continue to go down that road and not want to invest in the position. You want to prove to them that, you des- that the position deserves to get paid? Have one of these guys win. Christian McCaffrey looking at you. It's on your shoulders now. You're on the best team. You're on the 49ers. You got to win. You got to stay healthy, CMC, and you got to win. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> you think they said that to him on the call? Were they like, hey, it's all on you? You better get this done I for I find us? it funny, by the way, that he's on the call because he's uh, he's the one that he actually did get paid. He he's like, <laughs> like, what is he saying? Yeah, this is terrible. It's like, wait a minute. You got paid, dude. What are you complaining about? The rest of us schlubs over here are fighting for every little penny, and you got paid. Was it Dave Gettleman that gave it to him? Of course it was Dave Gettleman that gave it to him. Do you think he did the whole, his camera wasn't on, on the Zoom, and then afterwards he just unmuted himself? It was like, Thank, thanks, guys. Great chat. <laughs> Excellent points made by He's everyone. He's the guy <laughs> sitting in the background being very quiet. Yeah. yeah. I think well, that would probably be the best uh, route for him to travel, given that he's actually gotten paid. Yeah. They're all hoping to be in CMC shoes. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Michelle Smallman. It's Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And coming up next, Naheem Hines from the Bills. He's expected to miss the season. How big of a loss is this? We'll talk about it next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Alongside Jordan Ronan, I'm Michelle Smallman, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's welcome in our ESPN NFL analyst and the host of the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny podcast. It's Mina Kimes who joins us now. Mina, thank you so much for the time. And first, let's start with the news of the, of the day. Naheem Hines is going to um, be out for the entire 2023 season. He has a knee injury that he suffered while he was on a jet ski. And now his number is not super big for the Bills last year. But where do they go from here with him out for the season? Yeah, you know, Hines as you alluded to um, a pretty limited production last year, but you know, we had seen him in Indianapolis produce at a high level, especially as a pass catcher. And so I'm thinking was, at least I imagine there was hope in Buffalo that they might be able to get more out of him this year. It's news obviously awful for him personally, especially with it being a non-football injury. I'm not sure what the salary ramifications are, but I think losing out on that upside has got to be disappointing for the bills, but you know, in James Cook, they have a good pass catching back. They signed Damian Harris this year to kind of be that bell cow power running back. So I don't think the position is an area of weakness, even with the injury. Mina, Jordan, Ron on here. Thanks for coming on. Mina, by the way, is a sort of Daniel Jones bandwagoner, by the way, that, <laughs> going into last year. So I give her a lot of credit, uh, even, even though you were off it originally, I guess. Right, Mina? But you know, I, I didn't like the on. pick. I came around on him. <laughs> And th- but then now I'm like, okay, well, you know, some takes out there. You got to pump the brakes a little bit. So I feel like I'm. It's very hard to keep up with where the sentiment is on Daniel Jones and to figure <laughs> out where I am relative to that. Speaking of quarterbacks, so we've been talking about the Bears. They're one of our two at eight teams today, right? You have Justin Fields, and the Justin Fields takes are hot out there, right? I mean, there are people out there that are super high on them. Uh, MVP caliber, you know, in in the running, you hear things like that. I'm a little more hesitant, so is Michelle. I'm wondering what you think or what you expect to see from Justin Fields this season. Yeah, you know, I, I think as far as predictions go, um, you know, it's important to kind of start with where Fields was last year, which was one of the best, actually put together one of the better rushing seasons, you know, We've seen amongst quarterbacks in a while, though obviously a lot of those have come recently, but incredibly inefficient as a passer. And the question was, okay, uh, is the lack of passing success, how much of it is field in terms of holding out of the ball too long, some inaccuracy on short stuff really jumped out to me, and how much of it is the suspect pass protection and the lack of weapons? And I think both of those things Mm -hmm. kind of be true. Uh, the good thing this year is that the Bears have taken pretty significant steps to address the latter in terms of bolstering the offensive line and adding weapons, of course, most prominent of which being DJ Moore, who's a true number one wide receiver. So we'll learn a lot about him. Uh, I'm still a believer 
based on the passer that he was in college. He's always going to hold on to the football a little bit long, but he's got a beautiful deep ball. I think he can improve upon the short accuracy. And if, because he's so good and explosive as a runner, if he can just be an average passer, I think the offense can be pretty efficient. Mm-hmm. Our ESPN NFL analyst Mina Kimes joining us here on Canty and Carlin. And Mina, Jordan and I are both obsessed with the NFL quarterback series. We were talking about it a little bit earlier. And Patrick Mahomes said that his castmate Kirk Cousins is the most underrated quarterback in the league. Who would you say is the most under- underrated quarterback in the league? Well, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't a bad pick because I see him discussed, and I don't want to straw man this, but I have seen him discussed as though he's like, a bottom 10 quarterback. And that's simply not true. I mean, he's, you know, at various points in his career kind of ranked in that eight to 12 range range statistically last year fell out a little bit, but I thought took more risks, which uh, in some ways made him a better quarterback. Um, But he is limited, you know, in terms of the creativity, I think the aggressiveness at times. And I think um, it's those limits that, and I guess some, you know, previous performance or bad performances in nighttime games that have kind of created the perception that he's uh, a bottom tier quarterback, but he's absolutely not. And so I think Patrick's actually right in picking him. Mina, I want to ask you about your Seahawks for a second, because I'm actually really high on them. I think that could be a really explosive offense. I mean, they built up their offensive line. They got the young tackles. They have they're, they're kind of loaded at receiver now. What do you envision that offense being with the addition of Jackson Smith and the Jigba and the growth, I guess, of their offensive line on top of, you know, Geno Smith year two in this as a starter? Yeah, I'm really high on the Seahawks offense. I have some questions about the defense, particularly the pass rush, but the offense, which was already very good last year, uh, should be even better for some of the reasons you articulate. I mean, this is a very young offensive line, two rookies starting at tackle, so they've got another year under their belt. Um, but in, you know, adding Jackson Smith and Jigba, not only do I think the Seahawks have arguably one of the best one, two, three punches at wide receiver being behind Cincinnati in the entire NFL, behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but they fill some areas of need in the passing attack. Um, you know, Geno Smith was super good throwing deep last year, super accurate. The offense was explosive, but they got almost no production out of the slot, and they ranked near the bottom of the NFL in yards after the catch. Both of those are areas where mm-hmm. uh, JSN, I think, fills a pretty clear hole. So I'm excited to watch them. It's going to be, you know, Geno's first year in a while as like the entrenched starter, didn't have to compete in the offseason. And I'm excited to see if he can continue developing because obviously – because of the way his career is shaken out, it hasn't been linear for him. Our ESPN NFL analyst, Mina Kimes, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. And Mina, the AFC East is going to be so fun to watch this year. So many storylines, so, so many interesting things coming out of that division. We talk a lot about the Jets and it being a Super Bowl or bust year. The Patriots are, are kind of lurking. Uh, we've talked about the Bills. They're the favorite to win the division. But what do you think about the Dolphins? What are your expectations for the Dolphins in 2023? I think the Dolphins have one of the best rosters in the entire NFL. And because of that, the feeling of this team is absolutely to be in Super Bowl contention. Um, the defense, to me, has the potential to make a dramatic leap this season in terms of you know hiring Vic Fangio's defensive coordinator, the talent they've added at, well, at, all, at all three levels, but particularly linebacker and, of course, Jalen Ramsey. 
Um, and then some untapped potential uh, with guys on the roster. I think they should be phenomenal, certainly a top 10 unit. Uh, I'm very curious to see, however, this offense early on, not just because of, you know, Tua and his health, which is the thing we focus on, but they ran into some problems, uh, some challenges, I would say, in the second half of the season. They were a lot less consistent than they were in the first half when they looked like an absolute machine. So I'm curious to see kind of what solutions Mike McDaniels come up with as defenses play them differently. And if he has come up with those solutions, uh, the sky is the limit for the team. She's our ESPN NFL analyst, Mina Kimes. Be sure to follow her on social media at Mina Kimes. And, of course, listen to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny Podcast. Mina, we appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, guys. Jordan Ronan, Michelle Smallman, and coming up next on Canteen Carlos, Carlin, Kadarius Tony. He left Sunday's practice with a knee injury. How will this impact the Chiefs? Shocker. <laughs> Jordan has some thoughts. You're going to hear him next on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Holmes, end zone. He's got another. I think he's going to eclipse Tom Brady as the goal. He never missed against a defense that was absolutely spectacular. Worry about legacy and winning rings more than making money at this moment. Patrick Holmes, the greatest quarterback on planet Earth. He might be the greatest quarterback on earth, but he might be down a wide receiver. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Michelle Smallman, Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. And we got news, Jordan, that Kadarius Toney, wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, is going to miss some time at training camp. He underwent an off-season cleanup procedure on his knee. He was injured at camp on Sunday while fielding a punt before the start of practice when the Chiefs began camp. He hasn't participated in either of the two practices on the first days of camp. So when you heard that news, I heard you you kind of Come chuckle on. there. Jordan, Come what's on. your reaction This here? guy. This guy. That's my reaction. This is so... On brand for Kadarius, Tony, the dude never plays. The Chiefs are going to find out. The fact that they were talking, I, mean, I think Mahomes even said at one point, you know, they're looking for him to be their number one receiver. Good luck. You cannot trust him. It's why the Giants traded him. And then what happened when he got to Kansas City? He got injured again. They couldn't trust him to stay on the field. You know how many? I get it. And it ended up working out for the Chiefs because... They needed a playmaker. He ended up helping them win a Super Bowl. Huge yep. play, punt return yep. for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But he was healthy enough to do that. You know how hard he is to trust. He's probably he was the best wide receiver on their on their roster. Do you know how many offensive snaps he played in the Tell Super me. Bowl? Five. 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 Wow. But we all remember the big moment in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know? but I'm just saying that's because you can't trust him. They couldn't trust him to know where he's doing, what he's doing, to stay healthy, to get through the game. He was injured. I, I believe it was the AFC Championship game. He had to leave early. He had something. There's always something with this dude. He has not. This is the third. He's been in the league three years. Three straight years. He will miss most of training camp. Three straight years. And uh, obviously, you could say, well, how much of it is him being injured? And how much of him is just being, well, I don't really want to practice. And I think it's a fair question. 
And the Giants, one of their concerns with Kadarius Tony was always, can we trust him when we're not around and you don't have him in your program to be working out and doing the right things to make sure that he's ready to go and dominate throughout an NFL season? And so far, the evidence says, no, you can't. It's interesting that the, that the Chiefs then would go out and acquire him. You know, that you'd give a, a couple of draft picks up for him, including a first rounder. Third, third, it, third. Oh, excuse me. Third. Yeah. Yes, he was a first round he pick. He was excuse a first me. round. He was a first round pick. They gave up a third. But still, if that stuff is in question, I can't imagine that it's going to get better as time goes on. Maybe some guys but change of scenery. They helps, were trying you know? they were on that point where they're just trying to get over the hump, right? Yeah, it's just like after losing Tyree. We just yeah. need to, we just we're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. And like it he could help us right now. Yeah, yeah. where it did. They look I don't know how, even if he never plays another game for them, you could be like, well, he was worth the third round pick. He scored the game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. So, I like, said that was worth it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you give up a third round pick, even if he doesn't amount to anything, it's, it, you're looking at it and you say, okay, for them, it's worth it. For the Giants, though, is the right move to get rid of him, even though they had to sit there and watch him make the game winning play in the Super Bowl, which was, I'm sure, hard to stomach. But, in the end, you know that that was probably the right decision. They couldn't trust him to count on him as being their number one or number two receiver. He missed yeah. he missed 12 of 24 games with the Giants. So every other game is basically he's unavailable. And that doesn't even count. There were three or four games where he left early. So you're talking about more than half the games he's there for. You can't trust that he's going to be there on the field and be available for the whole game. Yeah, he's yet to play a full season. This isn't off to a great start injuring yourself, re-aggravating that injury in training camp. Here's Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey on Kadarius Tony and what the timeline could potentially be. We're going to miss KT's just, you know, his ability to, to make a play out of nowhere and just, you know, kind of gain that momentum. He was that piece for us in the Super Bowl. He was that piece for us throughout the season last year. Just getting that thing right. We got all the confidence in the world and our training staff here to get him ready either by season or early on in the season. Got our fingers crossed that we get him back as soon as possible. And it's just, you know, letting him heal up and we'll take care of the load until he gets back. But KT ain't going anywhere, man. We missed that guy already. <sighs> Heard that one before. Different names, same spiel. At some point, it's going to get tiring. It is. And they'll get to that point eventually. It'll take a couple, probably a couple of years. A bunch more of him sitting on the sideline, not getting back quickly, dealing with a little knee something, a little ankle something, a little, you know, you name it, hamstrings he had. It's all there. It'll happen. They're, they're getting the full experience. He played in... Seven games for the Chiefs, so I believe he missed uh, two. Two games with the Chiefs. Uh, You know how many yards he had with the Giants last year? No, tell me. Receiving? Zero. Two catches, zero yards. Played in two games, which was traded midseason. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I I know that Travis Kelsey wants to remain positive, and he yeah, knows. Yeah, they're not going to lay him out. Yeah, they're never going to lay him out, and they know that when he is healthy, he can go out there and make those electric plays. But if he had this off-season cleanup procedure on his knee, and then had one last summer, by the way, too off-season okay, cleanup so on his knee, which is so, so again, it's troubling. That's a troubling yes, sign. Yes, that's a that's a trend. We like to call that a trend. And <laughs> then you're fielding a punt before practice, and you're re-aggravating it. 
I know that, as Travis Kelsey said, the training can't, the training staff is going to work with him. They're going to try to get the body right. What do we think is going to happen when he's at full NFL speed, when you're at full game speed? If things like this are aggravating it now when there's no contact and it's not the same speed, I just – I. I understand their optimism. I don't share in it. Yeah, it uh, doesn't look great for them. You know who's a lot more important than Kadarius Tony to them? Chris, Chris Jones. Jones, exactly. <laughs> He's yes. a lot more important to them than Kadarius Tony. That means something to them. They'll get by without Kadarius Tony, and if he plays, he plays. When he plays, he'll do some spectacular things, but you won't see him very often. Yeah, and Chris Jones... Not reporting, holding out. We can talk about that later in the show. That's certainly a concern for Patrick Mahomes and the defending champs. He's Jordan Ronan. I'm Michelle Smallman. You're listening to Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. You can always join in on the conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Because, By the way, with all this, the Chiefs are still the favorites to win, you know, win the AFC. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're still, they're still the favorites. No, who's gonna? Who, who do you think is actually... You know, going to beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes there? That's a good question. Maybe. And we can explore that next. Plus, Killian Mbappe is potentially in for a major payday. We're going to talk about it next with Jordan Ronan and Michelle Smallman. Be sure to keep it here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 